Hey y'all, it's your boy, Wild Wayne, and uh, I want to tell you about Ready Responders. Yep, Ready Responders. If you're tired of the long waits at the ER, if you're fed up with dealing with the crowds at Urgent Care, well, wait no longer. Ready Responders has the solution for you. They can treat all your non-emergent needs in the comfort of your home or community. If your kid's sick or got a runny nose, if you got allergies, cold or cough or fever or aches or pains or sprains, just dial them now. 504-321-4444. That's 504-321-4444. And Ready Responders will dispatch a team of certified doctors, nurse practitioners, and paramedics to where you are. And best of all, the treatment is little to no cost when covered by accepting insurances and Medicaid providers. So why wait? Don't hesitate. Call them if you need them and have a non-emergent need. Ready Responders is ready to respond to you. Call them 504-321-4444 and let Ready Responders come to you. Man, you are hitting right where we are because we are changing the yeah, narrative right, right. with being black Indians and not Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. We're not talking bad about Mardi Gras Indians. We understand that that is a working title. That's how many brothers and sisters in our community put food on their table mm-hmm. as a working title. But who we are as a people is the black Indians, and that was our our mantra. So it was the same as yours right. with the narrative change. So I knew this was going to happen. Right, so right, right, Only in New Orleans, baby. It's your boy, Wild Wayne. They gonna turn on shorty. Big boy, we in the new people. I knew just from previous conversation because the history we have. Mm-hmm. I knew you were a fiery brother. Uh, Woo! I'm just praised that the Most High finally, I finally found the path for where my fire was supposed to be. My entire life, I allowed my fire hmm. to be put in the wrong place. Hmm. Now I know the truth. So mm. now I know that what everyone told me as a child that you need to quell that. That you need to Mark, find something out. else to do. Right. Glenn, chill out. I just was I was just <laughs> in the wrong place. I was an eagle with these pigeons. Now I know where my eagle place is. I, I, I'm doing my I eagle. I said all the time it's hard to fly like an eagle when you work with turkeys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I tell people that I tell people that at work I said bro it's hard to be me right, when right. I'm working with y'all right. <laughs> but I right, love you right, right. I mean I'm, I'm gonna do the best but God bro y'all help me help y'all help y'all giving me nothing see, work see I'm glad you're talking about your other job cause if people are just oh, tuning in they man. might think you're talking about me oh man I well, think you they know. might think you're talking about me I'm glad we, we have to clearly define that you're talking about another place yeah yeah not this well, Place. Well, you know, you know, I, I speak highly of you at all times. Uh, <laughs> you know something's going left when they start with that, right? Nah, nah, nah. You got butt behind me? Although. You know, whenever I have a quarrel or have a problem with you, it's, it's not nothing for us to sit down and hash it out. Right. Uh, 
40 years of friendship, I think we may have had six or seven disagreements. And they weren't disagreements. We mm. just had to realign things. No, no, no. One or two of them might have got a little ugly. <laughs> yeah. but, 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 you know, I mean, 40 years and six disagreements, that's, that's yeah, pretty that's good awesome. right there. Yeah, the percentages are low. low. I mean, you, know? you, you got to have friction. Then, you know, how else but you know it's real? Like they say, if you don't know about the rain, you don't yeah. know what the sunshine But we're, total, like. I, we're total opposites, you know? Yeah. Wayne mm-hmm. always talking about he cooks, he cooks, he cooks. And I always say, I eat Eat, eat, eat. I, I don't cook It's anything. a good synergy, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he's, a, he's a beer guy. I'm a whiskey guy. You know? Do you you used to drink? Yes, yes. Oh, today on the show, by the way, because we started already. Oh. Uh, Wild Wayne <laughs> Unchained Podcast. Uh, I've been knowing Mr. Glenn Jones. Who? Yes, well, almost uh, the same amount of time. At least from nineteen, nineteen yeah. to twenty. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's been, it's been a long old. time, and yeah. you've. Going through a number of different stages of life, as well as I have. Yeah. Uh, but today on the show, uh, we're talking about black masking Indians mm-hmm. and your upcoming movie as well. Yes. Uh, and and it was, you know, this show is about culture, cuisine, and lifestyle, and it's kind of mm-hmm. ironic. Although we've known each other for such a very long time, we just ended up. Uh, running to each other over some food. We yeah, were at yeah, Restaurant yeah, Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to get some stuff to make another batch of jerk because I love jerk chicken. Oh, I was running to you. He was like, you do jerk this. chicken? I said, it's the Wild Wayne Don Dada jerk magic. I still haven't got any of that jerk chicken yet. I'm just going to slide that in. <laughs> I just recently got oh, some. Oh, after 40 oh, years. Come on. After 40 years. Wow. Recently. That ain't the truth. I, I don't say I'm the devil. Tell the truth. I just recently got some. Matter of fact, I just I recently ma- got I was still bomb. mastering it. I, I, oh, right, right. I was still mastering it. Yeah, yeah. So, so anywho's, uh, anywho's, we're going to keep it moving. We're this amongst friends, right? right, right, right. Like we're going to fly you, with the Eagles, like you said, all right? You got 25, you're 25 years in deep with us, right? You're 25 deep in with us. We're 40, so we're friends here. You know, we, we, so anywho's, we can't uh, joke. We can't poke a little fun at each other. We got to. We got to. And we were just talking about parody, weren't we? Yes, uh, we were. Yes, we uh, were. So, like I said, Glenn has uh, done a number of things through his illustrious career. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, my journey of trying to find myself. And I you know say. what? A lot of people don't know. Like, and, and sometimes you just might be in a different chapter. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot yeah. of books start slow. They and, really do. And, and they hit a crescendo at some point, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And I think sometimes you just stay the course because mm-hmm. the books are written already. Yes, they like, you are. know, I always say that because like, who knew I would be doing a podcast or this foodie mm-hmm. thing that I got going on or my youth program is about to hit 20 years. Yes. I started in 2000. Awesome, like, I salute you with that. I didn't even want to do radio. Mm-hmm. Like I was, you know, I was a college kid trying to do biology pre-med and be a doctor, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had scholarships across the country, but I chose to stay home because maybe it was the best option to right. get to the next level. Yeah, for a doctor. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't know always where this thing is gonna go no and i would never have thought you <laughs> yeah i, I mean i you're, agree with you're you. fiery now like <laughs> yeah. the uh, wealth of, of information and education about our cultural heritage like going way back not mm-hmm. just the superficial top mm-hmm. layer right mm-hmm. uh, and and you've created uh your own platform um, but you come from a family of people that create platforms. And, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that I am most um, thankful for and most humble about is that it, it, 
in our community in New Orleans and all across North America, it is hard to have a lineage of, of a family's craft get to hand be handed down. In this in these days and times it's different. Uh, it is. You know, we come twenty about well, ten years ago, twenty years ago, we all knew that Seven Wall was carpenters. It was a craft that was handed down Masonry. Right. Laborers. <laughs> exactly. So I'm blessed enough to have been in a family that was about giving out information. Mm -hmm. And that um, regardless of how my uh, travels may have taken me off that road, <laughs> I have come back to what Full I circle. was born to Full do, circle. which is right. give information and, 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 and be a servant to the community. Now you be, you're doing your family a disservice not, by not telling them <laughs> what exactly it is that yes. you know is, is this this uh, this, this yeah. torch that's being passed to you. What, what does your family do? My uh, our family is Data News Weekly. We are, and I'm very proud to say, we are the largest um, black newspaper in New Orleans. Um, we are not the oldest. Louisiana Weekly is. Mm -hmm. um, we are a weekly publication, um, and we've been going strong for 52 years. Wow. 52. And we are free to the community. Okay. We have never charged for our newspaper or the information for our community to be able to come together and have a meeting place of information. Um, so my father is still running it now. He is, his tenure has been 30, almost 30, I mean, 35, almost 40 years of our 52. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather started it um, out of retirement. Okay. Um, he was the first um, traveling salesman. My grandfather's pretty outstanding. I, let me give a shout out to Scoop Jones real quick. Scoop Jones. Joseph Scoop Jones. He was given the name uh, Scoop because he uh, worked for Louisiana Weekly. Okay. okay. Um, remember, we, Louisiana Weekly is over 100 years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so he worked as a paper boy for them. Okay. But one day he was on his bike and there's a major fire that, that was a major fire in the city and he was the first one to get it. So at the age of 14, they called him Scoop because he got the scoop of the story before everyone okay. else. Mm. So my grandfather from there, um, being a very spiritual man and being Xavier, you, you're like this. My grandfather, um, when he left to go to the um, army, that Xavier, all the nuns of Xavier, um, brought him in to the convent and prayed over him. Okay. When he went to the war, he became the first um, Black war, African American war correspondent or black war correspondent. So, or journalist. Journalist. journalist, journalist yes, right. First journalist. Mm -hmm. So then he came back home when his love for the newspaper worked for Seagram's and became the first um, traveling um, regional um, uh, sales rep for, okay. for Seagram's Distillery. Um, retired from there and started the family newspaper, Data News Weekly, which gotcha. we have been going for 52 years. So, um, yeah, I, I come from a family that, 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 that has a, a fire in them, as mm -hmm. we're speaking. You know? The Griots. Yeah, the, the Griots, you know. Right. And my father took our newspaper to a national level, to right. where he was the second vice president of the National Newspaper Association, which uh, Ben Jealous is now, um, not what well, Ben Jealous came out of, but um, Ben, I uh, forget for, um, my brother's name, but um, He's now the president of NNPA, and it's the um, national organization of all uh, weekly black newspapers okay. across the country. Okay. So, and you still haven't told me your father's name. Dad, Terry Jones is my father's <laughs> name. Terry Jones' father. Sorry, he was yes. a living <laughs> city. You see my name there? <laughs> Terry Jones. Yes, and my father's Joseph Jones, and me being Glenn Jones, and now being my, my walk of the Hebrew, I go by Kyle, but I never um, uh, turn from my family's you know name and heritage. So. You know, people that are now ask like, "What do I call you?" Hey, man, it's 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 not important. Just like I Glenn said, or Kyle, whatever. Well, works I'm gonna call him Glenn. Yeah. I'm gonna call him Glenn. <laughs> uh, what does what does Kyle mean? Uh, noble. 
Okay. Okay. Just being noble. Um, I'm gonna call myself Kyle too. Then <laughs> you should. You know, but noble means a person that's bringing forth that is gonna stand and not be caught in any sway, and it's gonna be in its place. And Methodius is my middle name, and that comes from the Maccabees, the Book of Maccabees, which was the father of Judah, which okay. everybody talks about as I'm part of Judah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was the first one that went against Rome mm-hmm. and decided that they were not going to allow them to desecrate the temples okay. of the Hebrews and that he killed one of those um, guards and um, his sons, Judah, continued the, the, um, the revolt mm-hmm. and was able to rebuild the temple. So that's where I'm a noble person bringing that fire. So Methodius is the fire. So, so, so you've had a, a pretty long journey here. Yes. <laughs> I fell five, you know what, I just, how'd I get here? Five years ago, I fell 16 and a half feet. I almost died. I went okay. through a ceiling, I, um, I had to learn how to walk again. Um, it took me two what years happened? to come. What uh, um, Ceiling gave way or something? Um, it was leaking already, it was profusely um, leaking mm-hmm. and seared. I guess I can't say the name, y'all need to take that out because I got me a lawsuit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but them people. <laughs> them people, right, them people. <laughs> sent their people out and asked me to go up to the attic to show them where the leak was. So oh, when wow. I, as soon as I went up, I went right back down, and they were, the place was a foyer, so it was a straight drop to ceramic tile. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to learn how to walk again, and um, my wrist came completely off. You know, they had to reconnect wow. me, wow. you know, a ruptured L1, L5. So when, you, when those things happen to you, you Man, go through the but question you, but of, you know, but you know, why am I here? <laughs> there's a lot, I was reading this article about uh, people that have epiphanies, mm-hmm. And quite often it's after some seriously dramatic, nearly tragic episode in their lives. Like some of the geniuses of the world, like we're about to be dead or on yeah. their deathbed. And it's like the light bulb came on yeah. and they went in a completely different direction. I would and I will say, I've known you for such a long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we had lots of fun together. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, yes, we, we were, did. I was uh, probably a little more focused than you were. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. You actually had the job. You right, know, we right. were just all <laughs> kicking it. You know what I'm saying? But your, your, your focus is so intense right now. And I just wonder if that traumatic incident really yes. lit that fire. Although you had, mm-hmm. you know, your family heritage and they were always very prominent in, uh, uh, in the community. Mm-hmm. Like, I just know sometimes people still trying to find where do I fit. Right. Right. And, and that was a lot of that for and me. You, you know, like, this is your space. Like, yes. uh, this is your space. Thank you all. Um, praises. Yeah. So we, we're talking a little bit about that, but uh, I want to really get to the crux of why we're here today yes, on yes, the Wild yes, Wayne yes. Unsane podcast. Uh, and we were starting to talk about when we met in, in Restaurant Depot and we started talking, but mm-hmm. you was like, I got the blast, the black masking Indians. Yes. And I didn't know, right? Uh, so, like, you ran the whole thing to me and I was like, it's a lot of information we, for we people. We're going to need to get him on the show. <laughs> it's a lot of information. Because uh, it was around that time we were starting, actually. I think I might have mentioned it to you. Might it only was doing the Thanksgiving time, and we were doing our first. Uh, I was like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I yes. hadn't done any yet. I yes. said, I'm going to do it. Yes. But I think I had ran into Biddles in the parking lot, and I was like, Biddles would be good to talk about like uh, uh, grilling culture in the mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. Uh, from the cuisine standpoint. And then I ran into you. Then I ran into uh, my guy from Pickle Nola in in there and I was like it's all laid out this like this is too easy yeah like you know I thought this was gonna be a hard journey it was too mm. many things just lining up 
you know, and I always say my steps are guided. Yes. Like, and I, yes. that was validation right yeah. there for mm -hmm. me. What so, it was for me that day, if I can cut because you was telling me about the narrative. And that was the thing that kept saying it. And I, the controlling the narrative. And I said, man, you are hitting right where we are because we are changing the yeah, narrative right, right. with being black Indians and not Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. We're not talking bad about Mardi Gras Indians. We understand that that is a working title. That's how many brothers and sisters in our community put food on their table mm -hmm. as a working title. But who we are as a people is the black Indians. And that was our, our mantra. So it was the same as yours as right. with the narrative change. So I knew this was gonna happen right, sooner right, or later. Right. <laughs> so we, we're doing a quick commercial break right here because uh, we got Big Chief uh, beer. This is yes. part of uh, Cajun Five. is one of their brands, but yes. I thought it would be appropriate since we we're talking about Indians and we've been doing some great things. Um, with Cajun Fire, yeah. so I gotta get some beer. I love my brother. We Cajun drink Fire. It and we eat uh, around here for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And as he struggles to open, uh, it, let me get that. I'm kind of parched over here. Yeah, so this was a no-brainer. <laughs> no, when we talked, we talked uh, previously. I was like, man, this Come is a no-brainer. Come on, no -brainer. man, put that Hebrew on him, son. Yeah, no. There you go. go. We here to serve, my brother. That's what we are. We here to serve. You could have did that with your mind. Man. You didn't even need to use your hand, did you? Man, just showing off. I'm trying to get. Yeah. Come on, Noble. Now this is this is Big Chief yes. from the Cajun Fire Brewing Company here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Give me some characteristics and, of this beer. What, what, what are we looking at? Too. Man, you, before you say this, say it that to the mic so they can hear you. Take a chance to come over here. Yeah. You definitely want to get it. That get, was uh, poured very pretty. So this is a caramel based malt. Um, you're looking at a Creole um, kind of Creole candy that we actually add to the base. Is vanilla notes to it. Um, we call this our Big Chief Cream Stout. Um, it has a nice kind of back tone to it. I think it goes smoothly with, you know, brothers that like to smoke cigars. Mm -hmm. it's, you're going to be able to definitely taste that, uh, that chocolate flavor, the aroma. It's off the chain. It's black-owned, black-brewed. And I think, um, I think it pairs well with a honey ale that we also have. Okay. Yeah, that honey. I tried that on this past carnival. The kind of that. It was, it was quite nice. Yeah. Now, we, we had the honey out on the show Ooh, previously. Good. That's good stuff. That's yes. really good beer. That's really good beer. And like I said, these are local guys. They're from New Orleans. The brewery is coming up in New Orleans East. Yes. Uh, as well as the brewery is going to be a cultural hub. Mm -hmm. Please support those yeah, brothers. Please support the brothers. We need this yeah. breaking the ground of, uh, and then from talking to Adam and talking to John, I know that their plans for New Orleans East mm -hmm. is to involve the entire community to make this as a base. And that's why we're working with them in black masking, right. um, bringing out the chiefs and the culture as much as we can um, and doing as much as we can with them because uh, these are brothers that are from our community. And John, yeah. come on, man, John is Homer Indian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he is yeah, an yeah. actual, you know what I'm saying? So this is, you know, this is who we are here, and that's the mm -hmm. only thing that our whole effort mm -hmm. with our black maskings to show each and every individual man that the, what we were told as a child was true. Right. You got Indian in you. Yeah. <laughs> Indian. So, so, so with the black masking Indian, mm -hmm. right, uh, there are specific tribes, or how many tribes mm -hmm. are there? Great question. We had done a series called the 42 Tribes series. Okay. Now, that was the active number that we had during the tricentennial last year. Mm -hmm. So we went, we embarked on trying on, and we are um, interviewing all 42 of those big chiefs. Now, how do we know the 42? Well, there's a, the Norman Dixon Fund. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That uh, and Norman Dixon. If you guys don't know who Norman Dixon is, learn about our true culture of our city and and do a little research on Norman Dixon. Well, the Norman Dixon Fund through the Jazz and Heritage Foundation, they provide the permits for all the second line, the social aid and pleasure clubs. They pay for it so that they can go out and and do their their um their, their traditions. They, they pay for everybody. All of the yeah, all of the second line, social aid and pleasure but, clubs. But the, the, new, the New Orleans ones. The New Orleans ones. The because New Orleans ones. They've kind of bastardized second lines Ooh. with all of these folks from <laughs> yeah. other areas of the world. Yeah. Major yeah. corporations. Major corporations. Et cetera. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. Well, let's hope okay. that, that the Jazz and Heritage Foundation is doing it through diligence and that they are making sure that these are to the grown, traditional ones. And indigenous grown. people. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they also buy feathers for the um, tribes. Okay. So Cultural preservation. Yeah, cultural preservation. So the list that we have from them, because this is a secret, you know, I'm, people say it's not secret because they come out on Mardi Gras and St. Joseph Night, but the actual traditions and the actual culture is a very close, hell-knit culture and, 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 and education. So... There aren't people that's gonna just have a whole bunch of businesses that you can just go to the New Orleans um, right, phone book and be like, you know, "Big Chief Black is doing this, Big Chief Green got this," and you know, right. it's not like that. It's one of our previous episodes we had uh, Big Chief Donald Harrison, mm-hmm. and there was so many things he could not or would not <laughs> yes. tell us. Yes. And we're like, well, the purpose yeah. of the podcast is to. It's like, nah, nah some bro. things <laughs> yeah. remain within our tribe and yes. our organization. Yes. And even like some of the younger ones, they don't tell them everything until they kind of pass the test. Them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, okay, okay. I'll give a quick story. Monk Boudreaux, we're doing an interview with Monk and um, and who just got married this uh, Mardi Gras, right? Monk is one of the oldest. He, he brought- I saw that in the paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. Monk brought um, the music. Um, he was in that line of Jolly from the Nevels and and um, Bo Dallas, and, and he started out real early traveling the world with this. Um, Bo, I mean, Monk said that he didn't know that his mother spoke the actual indigenous language until he was old and they were at a party. Mm-hmm. And his mom saw her old friend. And he said he went up to his mom and said, why you didn't tell me that you could speak like, like you know, the language? She was speaking in tongues right. or something. And she said to him, well, we couldn't trust y'all. <laughs> right, right, right. Straight right, right. up. So we didn't teach it to you. But you know what? That probably goes back to when the colonization happened. Yes, yes. And they probably were pushing them kids for info. Yeah. Uh, and and they were too young to be able to stand up against that type of pressure. So that probably yes. was an offshoot of that. Absolutely. We don't realize how many missions came in to do school for the children because everything starts with the children. Mm-hmm. That's why as Black Masking, we're coming out with a children's activity book for one to fourth graders mm-hmm. that's going to teach them about their culture here. Mm-hmm. We want it in all of the schools right, here. Right. But that's where you start. If you want to change a culture, you want to change the mindset of a place, you start with the children. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. they will get the children, bring them into the, the monasteries, teach them, and they would ask them the questions about the culture. So the parents were like, nope, can't, can't ain't, teach it. ain't telling you all of that. Mm. Right. So, so that's why it became underground. And then the Code Noir is the biggest reason why. Right. Because the Code Noir of 1724, and if anything, people across the world, if you ever wonder why it was a secretive thing, this is the biggest thing I'll point to, because this is facts that you can research. In the Code Noir of 1724, the city of New Orleans started in 1718. So we're talking six years. Mm-hmm. They did not have any jails built. They were the Chittimacha Indians, which are 23 of them, brought down LaSalle to the area that they call French Quarter now for him to even claim it, right? So they had to have navigation by the Indians even to get here. 
Then they tried to enslave them that first year in order for them to build the city. Indians kept getting away. Mm -hmm. So they created a code noir in 1724 that said that you could not wear feathers down in the, in the, in the city and that you could not practice the Sabbath, which, which, was, um, which was the belief system of the Indians, which was the Sabbath was everybody's belief mm -hmm. until um, Catholicism came. So if you were caught practicing on the Sabbath or having your feathers, the first penalty, because they had no jails, was to brand you with a Florida leaf. The second one was to cut your hamstring, and the third time was to cut your ear off. Wow. Hmm. So it went underground for 100 years. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So from 1724, the next tribe that came out that actually got a, a, a charter was the Creole Wild West, Big Chief Lil Walter and Howard, you know about. Um, and they came out, that tribe um, got its charter in 1830. Huh. Gotcha. Okay. What made you decide to even want to take on a task? Did you not have any choice in the matter? Like, like <laughs> the light came on and like you just- like Was, went, was it destiny? Well, I think or, it was more destiny. Or was there something like there was a, a point where you're like, I really need to be the purveyor of this information so it can it can, you know, be something that is not lost. What, what was there that moment? Or well, was it you just got tired of hearing the wrong story? Hmm. Both two good points. I gotta refer to me falling and, and finding myself. Okay. And in that time frame, um, a lot of things started coming to me. The most high started telling me that I put you in this family for a reason, a newspaper, because mm -hmm. you And then I started learning that the way that the community, our communities first started to communicate during colonialism was through the newspapers and through the church. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, I'm not gonna be a preacher. So um, I'm definitely <laughs> I in. I knew that. Yeah, right, I knew that part wasn't the one for me. So, I knew that. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I'm, I'm not just aimlessly as a child. So let me fast forward. So in that and knowing that that was my, um, I started researching and learning about um, Planned Parenthood. And, and when you ask about the fire, Planned Parenthood is what set me on fire. Mm. Had you, you, you know, eugenics had me on fire. My understanding of that really said I need to do something. Because you felt like you were tricked. I knew I was tricked. <laughs> but you didn't know it before that moment. Right. And then I after you learned, you was like, wait up a minute. Right. So so being hurt and, and a lot of people and I and I relate us to going to jail. And 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 our community that's in jail that's been locked up is a community that we're gonna really have to rally around. But the most high sits us down. That was my sit down. Mm -hmm. So like a person that's in jail that come out saying they know Jesus, mm -hmm. I don't rock with that. But I was set down. And I was told to look, understand that you have a bigger purpose and stop and I will bring you your purpose. Instead of you trying to find it, mm -hmm. instead of you being a hustler, instead of you taking all that fire, sit down. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I never did was sit. Right, right. Never. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Boy, I never sit never, still. Never sit down. <laughs> so when I sat down, I had a chance to actually look at what was around me. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to be a part of it, I was outside of it. I mm -hmm. was set apart and I had a chance to look. And then music was always my thing. And right, that's one right. of the things that kept Wayne and I always Correct. running back Correct. in because I always had a new group. I always had, look, <laughs> this is the new CD. Yo, this is the new pop. Got that heat, son. Got, yeah. got that heat, son. I remember first nickname Wayne ever gave me. He won't remember. It was right before that time he got married and um, Jamaican, everybody went, I didn't go. But, um, oh. yeah, we're not gonna get into that. So when we said we friends, I was supposed to be in the wedding party, but I ain't gonna get into uh, that. Right, right, right. But, yeah. 
<laughs> so, but but what happened was, see what happened was, he called me right then and he said, "Man, the hardest working man in New Orleans, bro. You always coming." He said, "I'll give you one thing, Glenn. You don't stop coming." Mm-mm. I remember that we it's was true. in front of Lake Forest Mall when it was still a plaza. <laughs> <When> it was <laughs> yeah, when it was a plaza. <laughs> and I know you were just talking, but to me, I accepted that badge. Right. And that's why I said in the beginning of the show, you know, I just had to find out where my fire went. So when I sat down and the Most High showed me all of the things that were wrong in my community, mm-hmm. and that a gun couldn't change it, and that being a politician couldn't change it, right. and that the only way it could change was through kingdom work. Mm-hmm. And then I had to figure out well, what that work was. Mm-hmm. So I had some music with this brother, my brother Oba, who's been on this journey with me. And we put out a, a CD, a, um, a beautiful CD with Love Evolution. And in that, my cousin, Eric Burt, Eric Burt, Eric B, you know, Don, mm-hmm. you know. Right. He said, I'm going to help you with this because I want an indigenous sounds because now I was like really finding who I was and I wanted the Indian sound. He said, I'll help you and give you that if you help the Indians. He said, we need to raise funds, and I know who you are. I know about your hustle. Mm-hmm. You come and help us raise funds for these fellas because that's what they need. Mm. And that's how I got here. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So it was so, a trade-off. Yeah, it was a trade-off. Gotcha, gotcha. And then I Unintentionally kinda, intentional. You know how we all New Orleans. You want something? Uh, uh, you need to do... It's going to be a little part of going on. So, 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 so throughout the music, you're running into Wayne. Wayne giving you the nickname of the hardest working man. In, in <laughs> time, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And you hooking up with, with my man here. Mm-hmm. And, and you putting out the CD. When did the fire... When did the passion for the Indian culture come in? Where, where was that? When Eric B... Well, first of all, I'm not going to ever do anything um, without knowing about it. I'm never. My father taught me in the eighth grade when we were all wearing the African um, medallions. medallions. My dad and I had the red, black, and green and said, you know what that means? And I was like, African. He's like, no. What does it mean? And my father told me from there, right, don't ever wear anything or represent anything that you don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. So even though I wanted to do it and I understood understood it, I needed to know it. Right, because if you're going to trade off doing some help for these people to, to raise monies or, or collectively get feathers mm-hmm. or culture, you needed to know. I needed to know. And then when I ran into the, the game, so I guess this is the game, right? So when I realized and I started setting up, I've done fundraisers before. I've done major events before. You know this, man. Right, That's right. what I do. So I'm like, okay, raise some money for these feathers. I got this. That's nothing. You know this. what I'm saying? Man, when I went in to try and start getting alliances and work with people and find out I had to go through this and go through that, I'm like, oh, the fix is in. Right, right. When I realized that every nonprofit in this city uses our culture to get funding, that anytime you want to talk about an Indian or getting money to do that, they say, oh, did you hear about this person? They're already doing it. So you go over there to that person and say, well, I just want to help. We're trying to do this. And like, oh, well, no, our monies are allocated. Your money's are allocated. I just talked to these Indians. They mm-hmm. ain't got no feathers. Mm-hmm. This dude I know ain't paying his rent because he buying feathers and buying materials. Right. This dude got divorced from his old lady because he won't give up this Indian culture. Because he's sewing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me that y'all all millions of dollars? So we did a festival. And the city of New Orleans gave me a black and white letter that said that our culture makes $900 million a year. Wow. A who, year. Who is our the Indians and the second line, period. Not the food. Don't get it twisted. It is the Indians' culture and how they track it because the nonprofits, every festival, we have more festivals in New Orleans than anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. We have 150 festivals, almost more festivals. We got a festival every other day is scheduled. Those festivals have a nonprofit associated with it. They get that nonprofit applies for cultural enrichment, which is directly meaning the Indians. 
We are the culture. So if they're going to enrich the culture, they're talking about enriching us. These are the flim flam words. Mm -hmm. So then they come back and get this um, to enrich the culture. And then they come, they get $50,000 to put this festival on. And they pay the Indians $150, $250. Right now at the Jazz and Heritage Festival, which raised so much money, they put them in the horses stall before they come out. They are stuck in the heat, no air condition with horse smell. Wow. So the more that I found out the fix and who was in, the angrier I got. And I'm from New Orleans. Y'all can look my record up. I'm about that action. I couldn't go and do that. That's not something I could, I wow. could bring that action to. That's not, a, that's not a picket line. That's intricate bureaucracy that has been used to bring the funding to this city. This city lives off of tourism. Convention Visitor Bureau changed it to New Orleans and Friends is their new name. Right. And it's all said about the culture. Well, what organization has money going to the, to the Indians? Not one. The only one that buys feathers is part of the second line, which is the Norman Dixon Fund. So you're only getting about $40,000, $50,000 worth of feathers. It costs $500 a pound. Each chief wears at least five to 10 pounds himself. So when you're talking about only $50,000 worth of, of feathers, you're not, you, you only, it, it, it averages out to four pounds per tribe. Wow. $50,000 averages out to 42 tribes at four pounds. A chief wears more than himself. What are the rest of the Indians gonna wear? Yeah, he wear that just on his wrist. Exactly. So we got all these nonprofits that get funding about culture, create these festivals, pay for these expensive white artists to come in because right. they say they need that. But actually you wrote it off of the Indians. You wrote right. it off of the second line. Right. You wrote, wrote it off of the culture. Wrote the grant proposal. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, so you- mm -hmm. So there's, I mean, dude, why has no one like really, I didn't know all of this. I didn't know that. I'm, I am not as entrenched with the Indian mm -hmm. culture. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I, I'm a very big admirer, mm -hmm. and I know its significance in this community, but I never knew the inner workings of all of this. Well, and it seems like a travesty to it me. Is, it is a so how do you change that? By letting them have the name Mardi Gras. See, when we get into pencil whipping, mm -hmm. we understand that things are associated to a name. So just like Prince, said I'm the artist and let you have that right see the funding is wrapped up in the word Mardi Gras which has nothing to do with us because Mardi Gras started in 1850 uh, 1858 mm -hmm. by Comas and we know who started Comas but the Indians had a law to stop them in 1724 that's a hundred years before Mardi Gras even hit these shores mm -hmm. so how can they be a Mardi Gras Indian when they were first that's just the, that's just the, right. you know, so, so they used it in 1984 when the World's Fair came here. That's when they appropriated the Indians. They needed to have a marketing plan to bring the world here. Mm -hmm. So the Indians was that because it doesn't happen anywhere else in the world but here. Mm -hmm. so, so that's why your, your, your organization is Black Masking and yes. Mardi Gras? They can have the name Mardi Gras. Like I said, we, they use, Indians use it as a working because we, we don't have the support. We can't pay the Indians to say, yo, don't take another gig calling yourself a Mardi Gras Indian. 
right. we haven't amassed that. So what we're trying to do through the festivals, through the clothing line, through the film, is to raise the funds to make awareness about right. this and about who we are. And I think that our community will rally around us once everybody knows this information right. and, and we're all on one accord. And, and many don't even know the fact of, uh, you know, the alliances of slaves and Indians, even above and beyond. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. The, the masking part, uh, but you know we were both uh, two different. We were a tribe. Yes. They were a tribe, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And then there were even blacks that were here before slavery. Yes. Now I, I was not always privy to that information, mm -hmm. but there were just some a couple of things that I learned while I was in New York uh, that the, the numbers just never worked out. That right. we couldn't have that many African Americans or Africans here, let's say, because of. Slave trade was just, they didn't have air conditioners, they didn't have refrigerators, they, people were shackled. Mm -hmm. You know, 50 to 75% of the human cargo didn't make it didn't here alive. It. Did not make uh, it. But once the slaves did make it here, like this was some people, the, the indigenous, mm -hmm. native Indians, and uh, um, the, the slaves, a lot of them, that's how they kind of freed. Uh, you know, they well, had well, that's, to have that's a story that, that that America gives our school system. Okay. But the, the little twist to that is is that those Indians were in, in ancient times. We have to get some terminology. Okay, we all have to really understand when we're talking about history that it has been a concerted effort to change the names of things. Okay, they sound like they're the old names, but they mean something totally different. So a more in ancient times just meant a person of color. Mm -hmm. It's it wasn't more didn't change to mean Islam or something like that until the Spanish came mm -hmm. in and their word for us is Negro. Negro is, etymology of Negro is a Latin word. Mm -hmm. So before that, <clears throat> we were Moors. So we were on the Americas before then. Mm -hmm. And we understand Mansa Musa. We understand that Mansa Musa's older brother came to the Americas with 30,000 ships. This is in our history books that they never teach us mm -hmm. because they have to have that Christopher Columbus discovered us and he only went to Haiti. He never came to North America. Hmm. Only DeSoto came to North America and he died in Louisiana in um, Shreveport. That's why they call it DeSoto Parish. Hmm. DeSoto came here and said that there was nothing but kingdoms here and told Europe and Europe didn't believe him. Hmm. So when we realized that the black people that were here prior to anything in that history not only called us Moors, but this was called the Indies, the Indie Islands. India, that everyone had told you from schools that the place India is where he was looking for, but in the time of Christopher Columbus, India was known as Hindustan. It didn't change to the name India until 1947. Mm. It was known as Hindustan. Was what year? Yeah, but I was going to get to this report. Yeah, but so Hindustan didn't they didn't change that until um, nineteen forty seven. So it was the Indies. Indies because it was the islands, right, the right, Indian right, islands, right. Caribbean. And they also called a place right above Ethiopia. There were in the ancient time there were three Indias: Hindustan, the one above Ethiopia, and all of the Americas. Mm. So when he says he was looking for India, yeah. These West Indies, he right, was looking right, for right. this. He came where he was supposed to go. Right. He was never trying to go the other way. And, and I perpetuated that story unknowingly. Uh, so I was yeah. trying to find India. 
and then but that's a beautiful wow. thing that's what we have now so so we know that they persecuted the black hebrews of spain and iberia that's why we have in new orleans we in louisiana we have new iberia mm -hmm. the name that we took with us we we renamed as areas so maroons so the story that they have that the school system has given us is that the, the slaves ran to the maroons where the indians were well, the slaves that they are talking about at that time are the ones that came after 1619. We have to put it in our time frames of the transatlantic slave trade. Mm -hmm. But we understand that the Spanish and all of them were doing slave trade from the 1200, from the 1300s all the way up to the 1600s. Spain mm -hmm. was doing it. For 300 years, mm -hmm. Spain was running slavery from the Americas and to the, the bottom part of Africa and sub-Sudan. Those were their slave colonies. So when we talk about uh, Ghana, we talk about Benin, we talk about Angola, all of those were Spanish slave colonies. They never tell us that in our books. Huh. They just say, oh, we got the slaves from Angola. Yeah, but it was a Spanish slave colony. It was, it was where they were producing <laughs> slaves, basically. They were breeding and bringing them from the Americas and taking them to Spain and then bringing them to the slave colonies, breeding them, and then in the 300 years later when the British came along, they started taking the slaves of those 300 and started bringing them back to America. Mm, so you. it came in a giant circle. So when we say that the slaves that came it was their distant cousins from a hundred and some odd years that had been bred they, in the slave They were returned. Right. <laughs> and they were brought to the ones that, 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 mm. that fled to the Americas, which is John's family from right. the home of Indians, the Atopica Ishak. All of these are tribes, and, and we go past the Hebrew, they were part of the 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. Which again, we who we think are the Jewish people. If you go to Re Revelations three and nine for for my mm -hmm. Christians, it says that those who say they are the Jews but are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Mm -hmm. There's only one synagogue in this world. Mm -hmm. So when we understand that he's saying that they are Jews but they are not, then who are? Mm -hmm. So we prove that in the 13th. I'm gonna give this last little part to prove that there were black people here. We already talked about Abu Bakr that came, which is Mansa Musa's older brother that came with 30,000 that didn't go back. We believe that that's the Omex that everybody see the statues of. Mm. Now you have the Sephardic Hebrews that fled from Spain that came into the Americas. Those were people that's all been living here. So were there Indians here already? What's the because word? What do we mean by Indian? Like they are indigenous. The you, indigenous people well, the of America. Or were they... No, they were relatives of the early Africans that were here. What? Well, when we talk about it, we only talk about the land masses when they were split. The people that were here already was when we had Pangaea. Correct. When all the land masses connect, when East Africa and North America was one, was one then, you know, just right. then one, Be before right? the separation of the continents. Right. So when that was also the time of the Tower of Babel with um, Nimrod when the Most High stuck the, the tower and everybody had separate languages, but his people kept the Hebraic language. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that were still here in the Americas. When the land masses sparked, those are the indigenous here. Okay. Now, when we also understand that we talk about Africa being the, the motherland, when we look at gene, um, uh, genealogy, or geology, we understand that um, from, uh, I forget the, uh, the author's name that was at Harvard, but the first land mass and ridge that came up was the Americas when we realize that Egypt and their gods are predicated upon Thoth mm -hmm. and Atlantis, but more importantly, their gods are wrapped around the symbols of America. Mm -hmm. Osiris is the corn god. That's their great god. 
Mm-hmm. Corn is indigenous only to America. Right. Anubis, who's there after the afterlife god that puts them the dog face. The dog face, yeah. That dog is the Mexican dog, Chicote. It's the hairless dog that Obama had as his presidency dog. Mm-hmm. And it takes them back to the motherland, to where they came from, which is America. Mm-hmm. When we realize that you can't, corn doesn't cross-pollinate, that you have to take it and plant it. And that the Han Dynasty came from corn. They whole civilization was based... And when they show that the Tibetans, that their first thing that they ever grew was not the tea, but it was corn. And it all came from the Americas. Right. So when we talk about worrying about the timelines that people have given us about, how does it match up with this? How does it match up? Look at the earth and what the Most High created. Mm-hmm. Everything started in the Americas. Right. Now, now you, you kind of uh, touch on some of this in your new movie. Yeah, yeah. So what's the title of your new movie? It is the Downtown Inyan Culture. We say Inyan because that's what the, the natives call it. They don't say Indian. They say Inyan. I'm not going to give you what all that means. Y'all can get it through the movie. But So it's downtown Inyan um, culture. Here in New Orleans, um, through colonialism, our culture has developed into an uptown and a downtown right. culture. Downtown is a more Mayan. Um, we don't have enough time on the show, but right. I can show you guys through history that the Mayans came from North America. And that also when we talk about the Indies and Mexico, Mexico was all the way up past, it was Texas all the way up. Mm-hmm. Everything over was um, a different landmass, but that was considered Mexico. Um, so uh, what we, I lost the part right there. Well, basically uh, you, you were talking about what the movie Oh, no, is no, about. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Mexico, the Mayan, I was trying to get the Mayan right. part. So we have a strong Mayan um, culture here in the Seventh Ward. So, downtown. Downtown. So what you saw in Tootie's suit is is uh, um, what you'll look like a, a Mayan calendar. Mm-hmm. So when you see the Mayan calendar, it's the sunburst. Right. So many of their aprons have a sunburst. So you downtown is also 3D. Right. So it, it, they sew and bead on, on um, in 3D imaging. Down uptown is a flat beating style. Mm. Now, Tootie didn't start until 63. Now, let me interrupt you. When you say uptown and you say downtown, what's the divide? What, what determines uptown? What determines the downtown? Bridge. For the people that's listening. Yeah, the bridge. You know, um, the interstate. I guess the, the Claiborne Canal Bridge. Street yeah, Canal is Street is. Yeah, but Canal Street more Above important. Canal yes. Street, below Canal Street. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So I just wanted to get that in there for people mm-hmm. that's wondering what is the uptown and what is the downtown? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. true. Geographically, it, it is as the um, Canal Street, which was in the beginning of the city, was an actual canal that they packed down and made a street. Okay. So downtown is, um, is, is um, on the, the south side of Canal and the north side of Canal is uptown. Now you can't possibly put all of this history into one film. Is this is this a part of a bigger collective? Is there more to come? Is it part one, two, three? Well, four? that's why we're doing two. On? You know, so the, the, we're doing two 20 minute shorts. So we okay. have the downtown Indian, which is a 20 minute short, and then we're doing the uptown Indian culture, which is a 20 mm. minute short. Okay. And we are raising funds through those two to do a full movie. Gotcha. Um, because you're right. This is a lot of information. A lot, lot, a lot of information. And this story has never been told. Well, I didn't like. I'm born and raised here. I never knew the story just from watching. Uh, just the, the start of it. What a city, New the Orleans. The original that, name for New Orleans. I never Chapatulas. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, everybody. I just thought it was a street. Well, the city of New Orleans. Was, I just that, thought it was an Indian tribe. The city of New Orleans tells our tourists that the Indians started because of a Wild Bill show, and that Wild Bill toured right, here, right, and right. that the the, the, the natives they saw say that? they. That's what they purport. Get out of here. It, it's funny you bring that up because you know through this <laughs> podcast. <What>? Through, <laughs> 
He's flabbergasted. Believe that bullshit? <laughs> well, people believe it. Wow, Bill. Wow, Bill. Bill. And he brought Sitting Bull with him. He wasn't even the main character, and we just decided to follow the side Get character. Get out of right. here. Right. <laughs> it's funny, man. Heard my this podcast, we're learning, we're learning a lot. Everybody's learning from this podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm please. glad you're speaking your truth yes. and speaking the truths of our city. Yes. Yes. Unchained. Yes. yes, unchained. Now, my grandfather was an Indian. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, but but not through my own neglect. But back then, he he would try to teach me the culture. But but I was exposed to too much other stuff. European football, style, basketball, exactly, yeah. exactly. I was influenced by by another lifestyle, so I really didn't grasp it. But my brother did. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother did. My brother is is into the Indian, into the to the uh, Indian lifestyle mm-hmm. as you are. And man, he can sit there and he can talk for hours wow. and hours and hours and hours. But let me ask you this: Tell, tell wow. me your grandfather's name. My grandfather is Frank Royal. Frank Royal. Frank Royal. All right, all Frank right. Royal. And his uh, his uh, his uh, photo is displayed in the Nola African yeah. Indian Museum. Frank right, which is, which is pretty deep, him, right? Yeah. I'm gonna find him. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna find go, his man. tribe. I'm gonna find him. Give me hey, about man. two weeks. I'm gonna come back with some information well, I, for I you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. this is what I want to ask: Without people like you, how does this continue? Because it's, it's not in books. It, 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 I mean, we can't pull it up on YouTube. You know, we can pull up how to make a a mm-hmm. a. a, 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 a Indian right, soup, right? But but how does this pass down, and what's happening to the culture? Do you well, see that's, it fade in a way? You know, I'm glad that you asked that question. You know, as we embarked on this journey for the last two years, um, and speaking with the elders, and, and we purposely chose to to interview the oldest um, chiefs in the culture first, and 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 what they are telling us is that the it has been handed down because it's by word of mouth, mm-hmm. you know? and that if you sit down and sew with the chief, he's He's vetting you. It's his vetting process. And so the way that it's passed down is only through that way. And and that's a good way, unfortunately, as you also pointed out, that the, the European lifestyle that is our phones, that is really overtaking us, you have more and more that learn how to sew but don't listen to the chief mm-hmm. and the culture, and they haven't really passed it down mm. in the proper order that it should be. So the chiefs, all the chiefs that we've talked to, and I'm never going to divulge who they are, and we, we know who we are talking about, but they're asking us in our going forward with this is that to teach this so that the younger ones will know because a lot of them, the young ones that are masking right now, don't know their culture from even the word of mouth, and they're doing it just because to do it. Mm. And and because that's another part of this that we try to explain is that many Indians don't know why they do it. It's just in their DNA. It's just mm. they just they the first time they stick that needle, right. it's something they that hook. takes over, man. That hooks them. Do do you see it as 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 dwindling, or do you see it as, as building? It's, you see it's falling off, or is it getting? It you're having people mask, but the reason for it is falling off, and that's a problem because when the people that are doing it don't really understand it, it allows other communities to come and make up their own story about why it is. We're losing control of the narrative. Yes. Mm. We are losing control of the narrative. And we have to control the narrative. We have to. Wow. Yes. So that's what your short film is, is, is based on. That, that's what you're that is to us accomplish. Con- that is us taking our narrative. Gotcha. The film is about us taking our narrative. Where it goes is where our community will lead it. We are not looking for anyone to accept it. Mm-hmm. We're not looking for anyone to validate it. Right. I'm not looking for any historians to say that this is it. I have gone to the culture carriers. I have sat down with 37. You show me somebody that has sat down with more. And I've sat down with more than 37 chiefs in this culture. 
that have documented their words and that they agree with the words that I have documented for them. Mm -hmm. And if you tell me that they got a different story, then I'll go a different route. <laughs> so so you said you're going to debut it, mm -hmm. right? But for the people that can't make it to the debut, to the people that can't make it for the screen, how, how am I going to see this? We are. We do need to keep it going because we are asking. Like, we haven't gone the route of, um, of uh, raising funds. This has been the most high has provided every resource and dollar that we needed to produce this mm -hmm. up until this day. Gotcha. I am very thankful and I want to give all praises to the most high for it because this has cost us well over from the clothing line, from the stories, we spent over forty to fifty thousand mm dollars -hmm. on this with no return at this point. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because right. the return I'm getting is from the most high. I right. say that to say that we are doing it for that. This is our kingdom work, but we are going to put it on as a donation on Vimeo. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna make it like a dollar to four dollars. It's gonna be cheap because we just want everybody so to have it. It's gonna be like a, a rental or a crowdfunding or a rental. Like a Patreon or do, something like that. Well, you know, this is our thing. The Chiefs, and this is a proud culture. And the reason why we're going about this is because it is tricky to raise funds for this culture because we and they specifically told me we ain't going out like we need nothing, you know. Right. And and they are, they do not want to do right. they do people. not want to do crowdfunding because in crowdfunding it always oh you get to go and kick it with a chief on that day or what you get for the money you put up. Right. And we're not bastardizing and prostituting them at all. Mm -hmm. So this we are creating the feather fund so that everything that we sell and everything we do a percentage goes back to selling. Our ultimate goal with the feather fund is to raise a million dollars through either donations, through selling our products, through the movie, and that we giving a million dollars worth of materials to the Indians of this culture, whether it be f um, beads, feathers, because it's all kind of feathers, quail feathers, all the materials that they need. We want to have a million dollars giving that to them because it is not about raising funds to put a dollar bill in a, in a chief's hand or an Indian's hand. Mm -hmm. We are not going at it from the route of that. They spend their money on their culture that's why they don't have money for their bills if we provide the materials for their culture one we keep the culture going because mm -hmm. they have extra and now they can teach a young kid that don't know anything about it what and about say all these organizations that are using them to appropriate funds or garner grants what if they just didn't participate anymore that, yeah, that was nice. my point because <laughs> then they have to play nice. a fair game what if that the Indians nice. went on strike that would be hard because they're already economically being pushed out the city from our rent hikes to inflation here. Sometimes that $300 or $400 to do that one show Stretches a long is, way. goes a long way right. for them. We cannot forget that our kids' education is being attacked with these charter schools. Our jobs are being attacked by these, you know, we have to really understand that our Indian culture is a microcosm of us as a community here. Mm -hmm. Meaning that way, the way that they are being shut out is the way that all of us are being it's shut out. It's a snapshot. It's a snapshot because a lot of the Indians aren't what we call educated, right? Mm -hmm. And learned it. And it's meaning that they've gone to college. So we are talking about high school educated people. And, and, and when you look at it being a bad thing, you should look at it as being a bad thing because Louisiana has traditionally had the worst education in the union since the inception of it. And New Orleans before the Civil War was the richest place in North America. Mm -hmm. Quote that and know that That before the Civil War we, We've said it on the show before yeah. New Orleans was the epicenter of the world Of the world Of, of the world And education was highly touted Yes At a particular time So you can't tell me that this is not a design or mm -hmm. a plan Right 
Because the people here ain't stupid. I know you're not. You know, we know many people right. that don't have what we call a college education that is smart as I don't know mm -hmm. what. So there's a systematic reason why education is not being done well here. The systematic reason why our people aren't raising themselves to the right. level they need to. Right. So when we get that and then we apply that to the Indians and the fact that they are not going to fill out grant applications because that's the first thing that the Europeans tell you. Oh, we got this. Go fill this application out. Right. Right. That's not where they're going. So we are trying to be a filler place for that. So gotcha. you be, you be somebody that puts it together to appropriate it properly to where it goes, and yes. you still kind of have that point of separation. Yes. Gotcha. Um. So with the movie, uh, you're doing two parts, mm -hmm. and ultimately you would like to have a bigger part that comes from the two. That's an yes. even more holistic that, piece that brings everything together. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Are y'all submitting to like uh, film festivals? We will be. We will okay. be. We will be. We've just, um, like I say, since it's our funds, you know, we've been had to rob Peter to pay Paul right, a little bit right, to get right, it done. Right, right. So, you know, we had last but, minute but getting it done. <laughs> it's, it's like just the piece that I saw, and I, I would imagine you, it's going to be a double-edged sword. But it, It's going to be a good thing because of how well it's put together, mm -hmm. but it's going to be abrasive to some because it challenges some of the things that they have put in front of us as being truth that's yes. probably not. Yes. So, it so becomes biblical. Right, so to go to ask somebody for funding that really believes in the thing right. that we're talking about. Right. Yeah, maybe not so much. We don't want to so, tell them the whole truth. So, right, 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 right. right. That's them. what it is. We're not going to fund them. So, so how, but, but there are people that do fund these type of yeah, things that, that reveal the truths of uh, the realities and the truths out there. So, uh, just keep us posted mm -hmm. on yeah. the podcast, obviously, mm -hmm. and... So how you do uh, how, how do I donate? How, how how do I get some funds to you? What was your website? Um, the you? website is blackmasking.org, and we do have a donation page. Like like we've been really on this thing. I haven't been in the mode of raising money. It's been to get the story right. But we will have a, a donation page within the next day or so. Um, before the 19th, we're going to have a donation page where if you want to donate to our efforts to us continuing doing these educational films. And it'll be that, and we, because we want to set up in different tiers. Where if you want to support the films that we're making, the education, you can do that. If you want to just go strictly to giving funds to the feathers and the materials, do that. Because even though the films, a percentage of the films that we, the money that we make off the films are going to go to the the, um, the materials. If you just want all of your money to go to that, then you can just go directly and do that. Right. So we want to have that as well as as well as donating to that particular cause. You also have product for sale on, yes. on the website. Yes, please, you can go and get that right now. We got sweatshirts. We got hats, we got shirts, we got short sleeve, long sleeve, we got a nice little commercial. Please. Let me support. ask you this. Are you available? For what? For for, for, for for this fire you just gave us. Are you available to come out and speak? Speaking of games. What you're saying, uh, man, what you're saying is true. I love to speak amazing, on this. Man. As many places I can be, speak. I could be on. at a college. You know, we did one last year. We did it with Delgado, and it's a sad thing. We actually made history last year in 2018. We were the first ones to bring a college lecture about this culture. So we did it at Delgado with Big Chief Shaka Zulu, mm -hmm. and we had an actual lecture about this culture. Um, we would like to ex expand that and, and be able to take the, the film and have Chiefs come in and be a part be a, of a lecture. It should be a part of history like that. Yes. So, you hey, know, I mean, granted. Before you go, before you go, why don't you give them your social media info? Oh, yes. You can find us on Instagram at Black Masking NOLA. Um, also, we have a show we do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which is Hebrew State of Being, which is the spiritual aspect of who we were before colonialism. And we tie all of that in because on Wednesday nights, we do cultural appropriation, mm -hmm. where we deal directly with the effects of what's going on in the city with the Indians. We right. bring on chiefs, we bring on different Indians. And like last week, which I really wanted to get to, mm -hmm. I want you guys to know who is the 
the on the, the who started the comas, the crew of comas, which is the ones that perpetuate Mardi Gras here, and who is the ruling class of it. It was started by Albert Pike, who was who wrote um, Dogma, Morals and Dogma, who also wrote all the ritual rites for um, masonry. Um, he also is a Satanist. He also wrote the book on all satanic um, rituals as well. Him with Judah um, P. Benjamin, and Judah Benjamin was a senator here, and he also was the queen's counsel, which meant that he reported directly to the queen, and the person before him was Sir Francis Bacon. If you don't know who Sir Francis Bacon is, just know that our language is because of him. He is the one that created the English language. Mm. He was the last person that was the queen's counsel. Um, so he took all the money from the Rothschilds and funded comas and funded the Civil War. Albert Pike, P. Judah P. Benjamin and John Slidell were the three founders of Comus who also started the Civil War. Gotcha. And there you have it. And they started here in 1861. Civil War started in 1865. Look, we didn't mean to blow y'all mind. <laughs> you know, a lot of history right there. Just right there, you know. Um, I, I'm just glad it came on the show. Man. Uh, only because we've just We've we've been running together for yes, so long, yes, and, yes. and uh, you've had you've had all of this in your head, and you you, you don't even share with this. <laughs> man, you it's hard to have this conversation you, sometimes. Some selfish. people, man, you say right. something, they be like, "Oh, boy, I don't know what you're talking about." Right. Okay, right, right. But uh, we're just happy that you came on the show because that's you. what we want to do. We want to make sure that we put this information out there for the yeah. public, not only locally, mm -hmm. but our show is global. Awesome. You know, yes. we control the narrative. Yeah, uh, yes. we're gonna say it a million times because it's it's a good feel to have ownership mm -hmm. and control of these things. You can put it out there. Like yes. I, I say, kind of all the time on the show. Like I'd rather us tell the story about us, right? Than anybody else, foreigner, us. or mm -hmm. even somebody from outside of the mm -hmm. area come in and tell us about us because we have our, our very own rich cultural heritage. We have very yes. colorful people. We have. Some yes. very great stories that people have great not stories. heard. Not heard, like, man. So we're trying to put it all on Front Street, and this is uh, right in line with what we do here with the Wow and Unchained podcast. I got to tell them about the Chittimacha thing, because this is worldwide. We know that an Indian from here and a Haitian named Dean Sabal met in New Orleans, and together they went up to Illinois and started the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago started from a meeting of two men here, two indigenous men in New Orleans. Wow. New Orleans is... And what was the the the, uh, the original name for Chicago? Um, it's Chicago River. They they started on the they started their um, fur farm trading post mm -hmm. on the river of Chicago, which is where the Tribune Towers is right now. Right. So Chicago is the name of the river. Yeah. And you gotta watch the movie and get all the information. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So man, man congratulations <laughs> on all the work that you've done. Uh, big shout out to our friends from Cajun Fire. They brought yes. the Big Chief beer today. Yes. It's a nice style, man. Yes, yes. man. And, yes. and you know they say when they started, you should try with a cigar. I can, I'm just you can see dying it? to blow yeah. on a cigar yeah. right now with it. Seems like a perfect match. Yes. Um, shout out to Buck Jump Studios. Yes. Uh, Thanks, our man. engineer, our ace, uh, Charlie C Smith. C Smith um, on the track. Charlie. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> also, big shout out to uh, Angelique Phipps. Was over our, our, our brand partnerships and big shout out to Black Black Masking, Masking Indians. Uh, yes. man, I am proud of you, bro. Thank you, I'm like, thank we about to say man, but I'm proud yes. of you, bro. And we gotta share, we gotta share the pride, and we gotta congratulate each other because a lot of times, yes. you know, you see somebody doing mm -hmm. well and you just be like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we do, we you do, good, we do, we do. Nah, but I'm sincerely proud thank of what you. you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody don't need to tell the same story. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm glad you had enough guts and wherewithal to speak this truth and really not worry about what anybody else had to say. And that's mm-hmm. that's always a courageous act. So, mm-hmm. And it's necessary. I said this story before. I taught homeschool to my son for mm-hmm. a while. And I realized how much was missing. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't tell you everything. Uh, so I'm just happy about that. But a uh, big shout out to everybody out there that's uh, catching the podcast all around the world. Yes. Uh, continue to listen, subscribe, download. Please comment. Let us know what you think about these very intelligent and witty conversations uh, where we talk about culture, cuisine, um, lifestyle, and heritage in New Orleans and things that are important. Yes. Uh, comment about it. If it moves yes. you to comment, then do that because all of that helps us because we continue to rise. We're like top 100 on iTunes. Nice. Which yes. is amazing yeah. in what? such a short time. Congratulations, my uh, brother Jack. So we, we want to, our goal is to be top 50, maybe yes. top 10. And Always going to happen. We have been as high as number 10 on iTunes. Yes. Oh, what is going Believe down? it or not. It's going down. Uh, not consistently, but we've been as high as number 10. So, um, I just want to say could, on our YouTube, for people that want to see, if you go to blackmasking.org and you'll see all of the videos and stuff that we've done on the Chiefs but and their stories. But if you go to just YouTube, go to Black Masking, um, um, Black Masking on YouTube or um, Hebrew State of Being on YouTube, and you'll get some uh, interviews of the Chiefs and stuff. So, And our social media is at Black Masking NOLA. Um, yeah. All right. And there you have another uh, successful and informative uh, episode of Wild Wayne Unchained. Thank y'all. God! Thank you for listening to the Wild Wayne Unchained podcast. Make sure and follow us on social media at Wild Wayne Unchained. And for advertising or sponsorship opportunities, contact us at Wild Wayne Unchained at gmail.com. Driving.